Welcome to The Workplace, a podcast by Cal Chamber. I'm Erica Frank, Cal Chamber's Executive Vice President and General Counsel. And joining me on the podcast today is Jennifer Shaw of the Shaw Law Group. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Erica. It's so good to be here with you today. It's always lovely to be with you, Jen. And one of the things that I am really excited to talk about, because it means that the summer is quickly approaching, is minors in the workplace. And I really wanted to talk about it because I've been speaking with, you know, people in the community talking about what their children have been doing during the pandemic and hybrid school schedules. Uh, hearing that many minors, and we'll talk about what we mean by a minor, um, have obtained jobs even when they're going to school, which historically we've usually seen it more during the summertime. But because many school schedules have been cut short um, due to different hybrid models, many minors are obtaining employment early. So let's talk about minors in the workplace. And to begin with, what do we mean by a minor? Well, it's interesting. So it's somebody who has not graduated from high school. Um, so for example, if you're 18 and your birthday's in February, you haven't graduated from your senior year yet, you're still a minor, but you can be an emancipated minor, which means you've been released from your parents, you're considered an adult, all right? Um, you can also um, have received like a GED, kind of a diploma in lieu of a traditional high school diploma where you would not be considered a minor at that point. The California Labor Commissioner has a really good publication called Minors in the Workplace, and it goes through all of the different parameters. But there are so many things about minors, uh, about employing minors that, that employers don't think about. The one thing I'm loving this year is because so many folks are getting unemployment, which is a sad fact, but many of these folks could be working and are choosing not to because they, they're able to be home with their family, understandably, and get the unemployment. That has created the ability for some of these kids to get jobs because there were a several year period there when high school kids had a heck of a time competing with folks um, who were older and more experienced to get just basic entry level jobs. So there are more minors who want to work. There are more employers who are willing to employ minors. I will tell you, we have a number of retail clients who employ minors and um, they always get a little overwhelmed by what you have to do as a minor, right? There's all the work permits and school requirements. There's also safety requirements. They shouldn't operate a toaster oven. They shouldn't operate a baler or a compactor in the back of a, you know, a store where they're crushing boxes. Um, they shouldn't be operating um, a hot grill. So there are all these requirements about when a minor can be doing something and when they can't. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of employers will say to me, well, you know, it's just I'm hiring my neighbor's son and it's not a big deal. No, they won't sue you. But you got to understand the labor commissioner comes in, and does spot audits, and they've been doing more and more of them recently. So the idea of, you know, getting caught, they will ask the person at the grill, you know, how old are you? And so it's one of those things where I think employers really need to plan and strategize about, all right, if I'm going to bring a minor into the workplace, what are all the issues I need to think about? I think that's really important, especially when you talk about the neighbor's kid. You know, there's one thing of hiring the neighbor's kid to come work at your sandwich shop versus hiring the neighbor's kid to babysit your children or to walk your dog. So in the situation of hiring the neighbor's kid to work at my sandwich shop, do I have to get a work permit or does yeah. the, the 
Okay. Absolutely. And they can't use a knife and they can't use the toaster oven. So the person who wants the Philly cheese heated, someone else is going to have to do that. So you might notice it at um, Starbucks. The younger kids are not operating the ovens. They are not heating your blueberry scone or whatever's going on there. So it's very interesting. You need a permit. And the permit, of course, restricts how many hours they can work, both on a school day and outside of a school day. It has to be approved. Uh, they, they often are not approved if the student doesn't have good grades. It's in the sole discretion of the school. Don't forget, just because somebody's a minor doesn't mean you get to pay them less than minimum wage. Um, you've got to pay them fairly. They all get rest breaks and meal periods. So there's an additional set of requirements that come with hiring minors. You've got to follow all the regular rules, and then you've got to take on these additional responsibilities. And they're all great examples, because I know we get several questions on the helpline about whether or not the minimum wage applies to minors. Um, and there's just this preconceived notion that because they're younger, you can pay them less. And that's not what the law says. Well, and then the really small, smart employers, Erica, get online and they find out that the Fair Labor Standards Act, the federal law, has a rule that allows for learners. And so they call me and say, well, Jen, she's a learner. I'm like, we're in California, folks. Right. If we're in Kansas, we can have a learner discussion. We're not having that discussion here. And so the unfortunate part of some of this, Erica, is it's encouraged um, employers to not hire minors. And I think they're missing out on a great group of workers, right? You know, there's stereotypes about all ages of workers, but a lot of these young kids are really responsible and with it and committed. And you're really missing out if you just decide as a general proposition, you're not going to hire them. Well, not only that, but they're willing to do a lot of jobs that adults are unwilling to do. They might have done it themselves when they were minors and they've, they're ready to move on. One of the things though that always comes to mind um, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about jobs for minors is the dog walker, the babysitter, the kid down the street mowing the lawn. So for those arrangements, and I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners whose you know, kids are either doing that or they're gonna hire the neighbor next door to be a mother's helper during the summer, in those situations, um, is a work permit, or I believe you said a work permit is not required. Right. It's generally not required. And I mean, let's face it, most of the people are going to pay those folks under the table. Okay. Right. So that was going to be my other thing. Does the minimum wage requirements apply? And well, the it does. Technically, I mean, there are some exceptions for babysitters and right. camp counselors where different wages can apply. But yeah, it's just like, you know, you're supposed to pay your housekeeper with wages and make deductions. And some people haven't been able to be judges or justices because they haven't done that. But the way the law is, you're supposed to be doing that unless you work for the family. So like if an older brother is babysitting the younger brother, there doesn't have to be any sort right. of employment relationship. But a lot of this is coming up now with folks who have... Um, people at home who have different abilities and they need one-on-one -on -one caregivers, they don't want them to be in a facility, they want them at home. Well, how do I hire that caregiver and what do I do and how do I make this happen? Um, so it's tricky and yeah. technically they should all be on payroll. Right, but yes, particularly when we're talking about a full-time caregiver in that scenario. Um, and, and as you had mentioned, the Labor Commissioner's website has a great booklet for employers. They also have a really good table 
uh, that actually compares California and federal law. So to speak to that client that was thrilled to peaches yes. that federal law said it was okay, kind of forgetting that California is always different in almost all things when we talk yes. about labor and employment law. Well, Jen, this was great. Um, I just get so excited to, to talk about this topic because it makes me think of the summer. And I think we are all ready for a summer. We're all ready for Zoom learning to be tabled, hopefully long-term, yes. um, yes. but at least for us to all get out and enjoy the summer months this year, because I think last year it was a completely different situation. So I think so too. Well, thank you, Jen, for joining us again on The Workplace. Really appreciate it. Well, Eric, it's always so fun to be here. Thank you for having me. And thanks for joining us on The Workplace. Please comment, share, and subscribe to Cal Chambers podcast by visiting calchamber.com.